0: Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan. And Dallas joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Bromis. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan. Uh, he is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network, where uh, if you were listening to the Dallas Cowboys radio network on Saturday, you would have heard him and his uh, wonderful analysis uh, from a 28 to 23 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, so I, I mean, I guess I'll just lead off with this, Brian. I, convince me why this team isn't going to go 0 and 17 based off of what we saw, <laughs> um, you know, the other night.
0: Yeah, I tell you what, uh, doom and gloom. Here we go. Uh, no, uh, the the best thing about this game was, other than Malik Jefferson, it appears they got through it without any type of injuries. We'll see mm-hmm. how Malik is. You know, as uh, the team is now back in Oxnard, uh, they're not going to have a, a practice on Monday. I think it's more where they call it a re- regeneration day. Is that – did I use the right yeah. term there? And so that that was a, actually a tough trip talking to some folks that were involved. Uh, you know, with the way – team probably should have come in on a Thursday instead of a Friday like they did and then have the ability to kind of – get through some things but uh you know the, they got through it uh again Malik Jefferson really the only thing that, with the foot injury that we need to kind of keep an eye on uh but that overall some of the things that we talked about uh that we were looking at the wide receivers the linebackers the offensive line uh you know I think we got uh some answers on some of those uh, particular players and those positions so um, overall um, it, you didn't get the win, but you do get the evaluation, and for the most part, you got your health.
1: Yeah, which of course I, I'm I'm being sarcastic when I when well, I, I know think, you are. Yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm letting I'm letting anyone out there know who, who's going <laughs> to freak out me saying that. Uh, wins and losses, you're right. Wins and losses do, do not matter at all uh, in this stretch. It's about individual evaluations, of guys. And this yeah. is a this is a process, essentially a a four step process of trying to figure out uh you know what you have in guys and this is basically step three so when you get to camp you see certain guys in practice and and you may feel a certain way about them or see how they play and then the second step will be okay well let's put the pads on let's see how they look once the pads come on if the pads come on it still looks good you say okay uh, let's head into some game action in the preseason see how these guys look see if it carries over And then when you're done with that, it obviously reaches the regular season. And that's kind of step four of like, okay, is what we've seen through these, you know, different steps throughout uh, training camp is what we saw real. And then you'll find out come the regular season. But the step three process on Saturday night was important for a few guys. I know we had talked about them. Um, Jalen Brooks, uh, Jalen Tolbert, Deuce Vaughn, um, you know, just different guys out there to see, what they what would carry over from these practices into the game. Uh, maybe guys who would step up into the games as opposed to the practices. So Brian, just your 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 big takeaway. What, what what was your your biggest positive and negative takeaway coming out of this game?
0: I was really worried about the backup offensive linemen in this particular game. And if you really watch how they were able to perform, it was it was a struggle initially when it was Jacksonville's ones against you know your twos and threes um having to to deal with that that you know the offense wasn't as you know good as it needed to be but when it turned into twos versus twos and threes versus threes I felt like that the Cowboys offensive line was on a little bit better uh footing um I thought the drive right before the half was really good to get points the protection you know the ability they got put behind the uh They got put behind the eight ball, we'd say, as uh, you know, on the um, Tolbert's penalty. So they had to fight through that. Uh, And, you know, so it was one of those things that when you watched, like I say, when it was evenly matched, you you felt like that you got some really, really good evaluation uh, for the the most part there. I know there was a lot of talk about Mozzie Smith and how he played. Um, I thought there was some really some good stuff from him, especially down on the goal line. There were some things down there where he was able to play with some power, uh, getting rid of some guys, uh, making some plays, uh, you know, so that was a positive in in that light. Um, Yeah. But again, there's some times where he's a little slow off the ball. Uh, He tends to play a little high and, you know, I think that's part of him having to learn how to play. Uh, So I don't think it's anything where you're just you know you're just completely throwing in the towel after one game and saying oh this guy can't do this or can't do that. There are some things that you saw that were really super positive. You mentioned the wide receivers, uh, you know the I felt like that. I don't know if 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 Brooks suffered a little bit of some inaccuracies with some throws. Uh, there were a couple of slants that went his direction. You know he had the one catch. You know, but if you look on the other end of things, you know, we saw something uh, play from Turpin on that on that uh, drive before half. Uh, you know, we saw some things with Tolbert that we really really liked. The linebackers, I thought, played as a position as a group, the best of the of the of the lot. And yeah. So that was positive in that light. Uh, uh I think the missed extra point in the kicking game. You know, that's. Kind of what got Brett Maher fired was his inability to miss, uh, make extra point. You know uh, the other extra points were made, a field goal was made. You know I'm not saying that uh, there should be full on panic, but man, you know 33 yard field goal, pick your hash, left, right, middle. You know you got to find a way to make those. So you know that's something that you kind of was hopeful that it would just kind of go through and everything would be fine and all the operation would be clean. The turnovers were clearly uh, an issue because it, it hurt them with opportunities, you know, to potentially get points. But overall, I, like I said, I feel like there was a lot of positive to to go with. I was glad to see Simi Fajoko uh, have an opportunity to kind of rally back and make some plays uh, when given the opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I think the more competition that you have at that position, the tight end position is another one where it appears there's going to be – I'll say something real quick, Bobby. I know I'm talking a long time right now. No,
1: no, have at it. I, but, the but, floor is yours.
0: But, yeah, but I, I know somebody out there will complain that I'm talking too much. The
1: uh, I'll fight them for you. I'll, I, I, will, I will fist fight I them for that. you, Brian. I
0: appreciate that. Um had an interesting conversation with somebody not involved with the team, but a media member, and we were discussing uh, about uh, Hendershot and is Hendershot doing enough to where he would be a guy that, is he a bubble guy when, you know, people like to talk about McEwen and how do you get the number of tight ends? You know, you're going to keep Hunter Lipke. You know, these are all kind of things when you're thinking about numbers. But I I had not thought about, you know, a Peyton Hendershot being a guy that might be on the bubble for this team.
1: Interesting.
0: And so, you know, hey, guys and gals out there it's just thoughts it's not we're not sitting here trying to sabotage careers and stuff like that but if you if you really 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 dive in on things you know is Peyton Hendershot a guy that could be uh, could be uh, uh, susceptible to you know somebody like Stevens having a a more of a role could he be a guy you know when you look at, uh, you know, when you look at Ferguson, when you look at Schoonmaker, is Peyton Hendershot's roster spot something that might be in question going forward as we, uh, as we have uh, two more preseason games?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one to think about because he he struggled last year with the drops. I mean, that was something that that definitely was a problem for him, uh, you know, in the back half of last year. And there were times where it's it's plagued him a little bit during uh, training camp. I know there was an interception. I, I believe it was Eric Scott on one of the first OTA practices we went to. It was a, a drop from Peyton Hendershot um, that he he was right there to to pick it off and. Hendershot was a little, the the word I keep using for it when talking about how how the tight ends looked during the practices we were out there for in Oxnard is anonymous. Like a lot of the the tight ends felt anonymous to me, and Hendershot was part of that. I remember somebody said, tweeted at me, I think the third pad of practice, like, hey, how's Peyton Hendershot looking? And it was honestly kind of surprising to me. It was the first time I sat there and I thought, oh, I have not one time noticed or thought about Peyton Hendershot while we've been out here. And it, it it kind of made me take a step back and go, wow, that, that's interesting that he's maybe having a little bit of down year. But I, I hadn't thought of it in the terms of maybe he could be a guy that's on the bubble. But, yeah, if you've got yeah. some tight ends that could play really well, I mean, they do like Sean McEwen. Um, yeah. They like Jake Ferguson, obviously, and they drafted Luke Schoonmaker. So if one of these other guys happens to show a lot, you remember Peyton uh, Hendershot last year was that undrafted free agent pushing guys potentially off of the roster. He's he's certainly not somebody who's you know uh, just above that or immune to that. If somebody else comes up from behind and, and really doesn't. And John Stevens yesterday uh, had another good performance. Uh, you know you know that that when we talk about you know practices to the padded practices to the preseason games to the regular season, Stevens is somebody who has now checked all of these boxes, including the preseason game now. So it's interesting you bring him up as a guy, Hendershot. That maybe that's somebody that we should be watching a little bit closer. Um, in terms of the positives, because I agree with you, the offensive line was concerning for me. Um, it was it was just as rough as you were maybe expecting? Jalen Brooks. It was tough to get an evaluation. I need to talk to some folks and and figure out what their read on it is, maybe inside the building, because I felt like I felt like there were a couple times where Brooks was. Was just his play. There was some bad quarterback play that maybe impacted him. Could have been he was not in the right spot on that one throw. Will Greer threw to the sideline. Right. Those are things that we have to check out. Um, But in terms of the positives, how encouraged were you by what you saw from Jalen Tolbert? Because even on the offensive pass interference, which I thought was weak, um, even if you you grant them that flag, I think you still saw okay. Toughness, my ball mentality, catch radius, uh, sideline awareness. You saw things on that play, that 30-yard reception that was wiped away. You saw things there that said, that's the guy. That's South Alabama, Jalen Tolbert. That's who I saw on tape.
0: No, I think that uh, I'm glad you brought all those things up because you're right. When you watch South Alabama tape, you saw the ability to adjust the football. You saw the body control. You saw the balance. You saw the swag you saw all these things when you're dealing with a player like this and you know i I get why there was some talk about drafting him in the second round uh of that particular draft there's people that absolutely love this kid and you know if you look overall they've given him a clear path you know they didn't bring any real competition in you could talk about brooks in the seventh round but they they did not i mean you know if if you remember Bobby during the draft shows leading up, you know, uh, Kyle and Aisha and me, you, you know, Zach, we were all talking about maybe a wide receiver, you know, at, at 26. Maybe they're going to, you know, maybe one of these wide receivers is, are going to fall. And they, they never really entertained that that I heard about. So they were giving him a clear path. I think that that, that drive to me was one of those i think it was a a, the 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 sigh of relief drive if you want to be honest about it. it the way that he was able you know that's a two minute drive they're not changing out personnel a bunch the wide receivers are having to run they're basically running 40 yard dashes you know to try and get open and you know with not a lot of time not a lot of rest in between plays and so, for him to go out there and finish that one off, really nice design. I mean, we didn't see a whole lot of, uh, you know, you know scheme creativity, but man, that was a good route, good design, the ability to draw the safety away to open up the middle of the field, and for him to run the route at the right depth and then plant and then get back inside. And then, you know, with Will Greer to make the throw, I, I think that was a a very, very key moment for him because he had to show some toughness of running continuously. He had to finish, he had to run a good route. These are all things that, you know, you gotta feel like a little bit of the weight of the world has been lifted off him because yeah. there's a lot of folks in, you know, Cowboys Nation that have called him a bust. You know there there are a lot of people that have been very critical of him, and he had to live with that really the whole year, and then he had to live with it the whole off season, and the and it just shows you that the Cowboys, the front office, they had faith in him uh, that he could get it done, and the coaches had the faith that he could make the play when he needed to make the play, and uh, yeah. that 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 part of it I think I think that helped him. you know when you had a chance to visit with him in the post game. Uh, yep. the, the, the conversation that he had with you and others in the media was—you could tell—he was, you know, he he was confident that okay, now I could start playing some football. You know, that's the type of that's the type of game that I need to bring every single week when I show up.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's funny uh Patrick Walker, I know who you do uh, Cowboys break with over at DallasCowboys.com. Um Patrick had done a profile piece on him recently for DallasCowboys.com and Jalen Tolbert was very direct and very uh, frank with him and said, you know, my out of 10, my confidence level last year was probably a 2. And and that I mean I think you could see it. There there were some really you know, as we've termed him on here before over the summer, there were some middle school football mistakes from him last year, just a basic stuff of, like, just lining up correctly. Um, and and so it was – it's something where I think his confidence got so shattered that he started making mistakes that you just don't see. And, and so the confidence was going to be a big part of the equation for him. And he was even, uh, you know, acknowledged I, – I, I believe he told Patrick his confidence today is probably at, like, a six or a seven – So he's not even riding this full wave of confidence. He's still building it back, which obviously takes time. But, man, that's something that I think has got to help. Even the flag getting taken, you know, taking away that one pass, I think that's big. The fact that when he catches that touchdown, who was the first person there on the sideline seeing him? It was Dak Prescott. It was Brian Schottenheimer. And them telling him, you know, that's exactly what we need. That's what we need to see from you. So very positive performance from Jalen Tolbert. And and hopefully I I think we feel like the – The confidence aspect of it is as big a part for him as the schoolwork or the athleticism or, or anything else. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.